Geeks Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 3, Episode 5, Fire and Ice. The original air date for this episode was October 26th, 1987. It was directed by Alan Simmons. This is his only MacGyver. And it was written by Rick Husky, and this is also his only MacGyver. Um, they both have a lot of uh, TV credits, mm-hmm. um, but uh, only only one per on this show. Um, and also, to this morning is uh, Christmas, if you're listening to it the day it came out. Yeah, Merry so Christmas, if you observe Christmas. Any of our listeners who observing that particular holiday, Merry Christmas to you. Um, yeah, so why don't we discuss this episode in brief. Uh, in this episode, MacGyver is going to stop an international jewel thief who also also happens to be a diplomat with immunity. Right. Which makes it very difficult. Yes. Um, And this is kind of elements of something that we've seen before. A little bit of the heist, Mm -hmm. which was our uh, Vernon Wells episode. Yeah. And a little bit of uh, an episode we haven't gotten to yet, which is also a Vernon Wells episode (laughs) about a diamond heist. Um, But yeah, so... um, Is that uh, two for the road? What is that? Which one? No, uh, the odd triple. Yeah, that's it. That's it, yeah. All right, so where does this episode start off? Well, in this episode, MacGyver is already on the road on his way to meet his friend Danny Barrett. Right. um, Who we have not met before. He's a a character for this. He is an insurance uh, uh, adjuster or claims investigator. Yeah, he investigates claims, Um, yeah. I always get curious about these investigating uh, claims people because, like, from, like, Thomas Crown Affair... Where they're like borderline bounty hunters, like if they can somehow, yeah, if they can somehow prove that someone did it and get them convicted, they'll get some kind of payment. Like, oh, that's true. Like they're paid, yeah, like a, a part of of the actual fine. Exactly. Like you know, it seems like it's so counter to like you know, you see like an Allstate like insurance adjuster yeah. is like comes like, oh, you got this damage to your car, okay, and and this is like a situation where. He's an insurance adjuster for a jewelry store, but if he can recover or catch the people, he'll get a percentage of yeah of the whatever. Yeah, it's like a finder's fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and his name calls to mind the Dana Barrett of Ghostbusters. Yeah, story. exactly. Uh, <laughs> Every with, time I hear it. Yeah, without the without the romantic uh, <laughs> for MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know they are good friends, and uh, we get more of the the uh, computer background as we did in the Ugly Duckling. Right, yeah. Where, like, he's saying, oh, you're the one who taught me. MacGyver's to... the hacker in this situation. He's right. the one who, he, he just needs MacGyver's help getting into the system. But, unfortunately, we know MacGyver's hacking technology is just grasping words out of a given conversation and mm-hmm. entering them as though they're passwords. Yeah. He's not exactly a hacker. But uh, his friend Danny has already tracked down who has smuggled the jewels out, who, who orchestrated the robbery, and has hacked into his computer once already, but he got shut out. And Maga- this should have been the episode where they brought back Darcy Marta. This, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. like this is like a perfect opportunity I to got do the like perfect a perfect person for this. Yeah. Um, and then uh, so while Danny's trying to explain everything to MacGyver, they're at the at the scene of the crime. Uh, Danny's saying like, "Oh, he had been in there. He's already seen everything on this guy's computer. The uh, the villain has all the stuff organized on his computer at the consulate." 
Like yeah. all the all the all the robberies he's done. Like in sheer like, arrogance. He's exactly. just written down every single crime he committed and saved it to a file. <laughs> because he's got diplomatic immunity. Right. And there's nothing we could do about it, even yeah. if we had evidence, because he's not held according to American law, he's held according to the laws of his own country. Correct. Which presumably aren't that different from the laws of America. Maybe the yeah. penalties are different. Well, as we'll as we'll come to find out at yeah. the uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. That's my one of my favorite parts of the episode. Yeah. Um uh, so as Danny's like explaining like the whole situation, he's got the password to the guy's computer. Uh, a pickup truck comes down this alley out yeah. of nowhere, and and just it just hits him. I mean, it just right into him. Uh, and MacGyver's once again at the at the at the behest of a friend to come yeah, and help him. He meets the same fate that the Tonys met in season two. Yeah. And the, the professor met an ugly duckling uh-huh. that just immediately after reconnecting with MacGyver is immediately hit and killed. The only one who made it out was the, the ex-girlfriend in countdown. Cause she sacrificed her roommate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or not countdown flames end. Oh, flames end. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. In countdown, the old friend did not make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that friend exploded. Oh gosh. There's so many friends who just pass away. Uh, um, Spoiler alert if you're watching these in reverse order. Yeah. Charlie explodes. <laughs> it's a vacuum, Mac. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, and we go pretty much from there to a funeral. Like, they, it's, a, yeah. it's like right away it's to the funeral. And there's already one, uh, uh, it's not a parishioner, a griever. Sure. Uh, griever. That sounds like something like from an alien universe. Yeah. A he's griever. griever. There were grievers all over. We had to leave. <laughs> what do you call Mourner. That's there it. You go. That's the word. That sounds more like a thing <laughs> you would say. I can't, I can't remember words. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's already one Mourner there, uh, a young woman, um, but she leaves without saying anything to people. And she looks and familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost like we saw her three episodes ago. Can't quite But it can't it. be her because she's dead. She's dead. There's absolutely. no way it's her. And if there's one thing that MacGyver's good at, it's being able to tell when people are dead and disregarding any similarities right. that other people bear. It's Alyssa Davalos. <laughs> Again. Um, who just played a character, Lisa Kohler, three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And is back now playing a character named Nikki Carpenter. But right. we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, this, is, this was our first, our first glimpse of her. As this new character. Correct. And so uh, Pete and Mac arrive... To pay their respects, mm-hmm. and you know, Max says, "I want to get this guy. I want to. I want to find out who it is and get him." And so Pete, I'm gonna nail him. I'm gonna nail him, Pete. Uh, so Pete starts giving him the rundown of like, first of all, this guy's got diplomatic immunity. You're not gonna be able to do anything, but he knows MacGyver's gonna try anyway. Yeah. So Pete does his job to research who this guy is, and his name is Amir Sumal. Right. And, and he's the cultural attaché. To the Ganubian ambassador. Yeah, so this is a, a new country for us, Ganubia. Ganubia, which may or may not be used in other television series at the time. Yeah. Sometimes they, they would just have the same fake country in a bunch of mm-hmm. shows. But this is this is my first yeah, recollection my first of Ganubian. Ganubia. <laughs> I just I just say like Nubian. Yeah, like, that's how it started. Yeah, that's how it had to have started. Um, and so we can assume that I. I with the name Amir Sumal, that it's probably like a more Middle Eastern sure. uh, country. Yeah. Um, but uh, so MacGyver wants to infiltrate the party that the consulate will be holding soon. Yeah. And in order to kind of get a better, well, to get to get into the where the computer is. Yeah. And maybe also kind of get a glimpse of who this guy is. 
but uh, since you can't get in without an invitation, he's forced to sneak over the wall. And it, it's important to note that you you need an invitation, but it doesn't have to be your invitation. Correct. You, you know they don't not checking IDs at the door. Yeah. Because n- we see Nikki arrive in her, you know, it's like it was like a Porsche or something. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. She shows up in a, in a convertible Porsche. And she just steals a guy's invitation, not even another mm-hmm. woman, but a guy's, and walks up to the door expecting, like, just hoping that the guy has a feminine. Right. Name. And uh, we never get the we never get the follow through of that of the guy trying to get in. Right. Yeah. And being denied, and which like, immediately they would have gone in and tried to find the person who came right. in. Because that would have been a great distraction. And they also for, would have had a camera on the door, so they would have been able to look at the footage and been like, "This yeah. is the person we didn't invite." But it, but if Nikki needed a distraction. Like, that would have been a great thing. Like, this guy starting a ruckus outside yeah, yeah. would have drawn security away. That would have been funny if they were like, they were like, well, it had to be a, a feminine name for a guy. Yeah. And they were like, what did, what did, uh, I'm sorry, what is your name, sir? And he's like, Dana Elkar. <laughs> 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 like, the character just happened to have the same name. <laughs> um, so, while Nikki is gaining front entrance privileges, MacGyver is uh, pulling the old reiki hose. <laughs> <laughs> you know the old reiki hose. The old, technique. the old attach the perfectly threaded rake to a threaded hose yeah. trick. Well, luckily hoses and rakes are both metric, so yeah, they uh, line up. He screws the end of a rake onto the end of a hose and uh, uses it as a grappling hook to throw it up onto the balcony and climbs up onto the second story. Right. So he gains entrance to the uh, computer. Uh, Right away. And so he starts, you know, filling around, you know, putting in... He has the password already. In the meantime, Nikki is converting her wardrobe, which doubles as a maid's uniform. Right. Like, she's, like, like opening and up... And somehow she knew what the maids there wore. Because yeah. we do see other maids wearing the outfit that she puts exactly. together. So. Yeah, she, she, like, turns one piece inside out, and she's got an apron under, yeah. under her dress. And then she puts on, like, the, the paper... Thing. Yeah, the paper tiara kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so she just manages to sneak to the upstairs through security under the guys that she's... Because they don't even try and stop right. her. But why would she... Why would she be going upstairs? Exactly. Why would the kitchen be on the second floor? Right. This, uh, there's no reason that she would be going upstairs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so while Mac is on the computer... Unless uh, all the, the help are supposed to use the upstairs toilet. That's the only oh, possible okay. explanation I can come to. So she starts trying to pick the lock to the same room that MacGyver's in, yeah. uh, the office. And so MacGyver, thinking that security or someone's trying to come back in, he you know puts the cover back on the computer. This is back in the day when they used computer covers. Yeah. That, Nowadays uh, we just let them accumulate dust and die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's been two years. Better buy a new one. Yeah. Um, or you can get a vaccination when you first get your computer, so it's immune to dust. Yeah. <laughs> so many options now. I just think of the Simpsons with old Gil trying to sell the computers. Now you're going to want to get the rust protection on these things. They rust up on you. He's selling like Colicos or something yeah. like that. ColecoVision. It's the way of the future. Uh, so uh, MacGyver kind of just hides in like – I can't remember if he hides outside or if he just goes in. I think like he waits side. on the balcony because yeah. he sees her sitting down to the computer. Yeah, so she uh, – he comes up behind her and does the old don't scream if I let you go kind of thing. The old reiki hose, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he throws a hand over her mouth and says, don't scream, and then she beats the crap out of yeah. him. Yeah. And then she hits him with her purse, which has a gun in it. Yeah, she's like, what do you have in your purse? And he goes, oh. <laughs> um, and uh, so they both kind of, like, Mac- MacGyver admits that he's not supposed to be there, neither is she. And um, 
just as uh, another an actual security patrol comes into the office to check on what's going on. So MacGyver and Nikki have to pretend to be making out in right. the in the consulate room. And uh, you know, so the guard comes in and and they're trying to to be casual about it. Oh, like oh, this is ridiculous. I, you know, Samal Samal will be so upset that you're treating his guests this way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, they just knock him out. Yeah, MacGyver's <laughs> like, all right. Here's the truth. Uh, we're both spies. We're not supposed to be up here. Yeah. And she's got a gun right over there. And the guy's so thrown off by the sudden honesty that yeah. they just take take advantage of the shock to knock him out. And then she immediately sits back down to the computer, mm-hmm. which MacGyver knows the password to from right. talking to, to Danny. Danny. And um, so they're able to log into this thing, and they actually get some information to come up on the computer. And MacGyver takes a phone off the hook and drops it into, like, a modem receiver. Yeah. yeah. For, for those... So those people who may not be aware, old school internet, old school internet, uh, dialing out on your phone on your computer, you actually would put the phone itself onto a device that would listen and play the the tones that would be necessary for transmitting the information. Yeah. When people first started getting dial up, that's when it, they made the move to like you're actually plugging in the 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 cable the phone cable into your computer modem. Right. But this was just prior to that when it was literally just taking the sound information into a microphone. Mm-hmm. Which you can see more of in the movie War Games. That's always like my first yeah, thought yeah. of that image. Uh, also Weird Science. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. also a good one. Um, also a little bit of fact, modem stands for modulator demodulator. Ah. Don't, I don't know any more than that. I also don't like using modem as a verb, which will come <laughs> up later. Um, but yeah, so he takes the the phone, he sends all the information to the computer at Dana uh, at Dana's Danny's <laughs> office, at Dana Barrett's office, um, and uh, and I think she recognizes the phone number as he's typing it in when yeah, he's saying where he's going to send cause, it Because there's no way that she would know where to go otherwise. Right. And so then this is when they decide, all right, it's time to make our escape. People are closing in on right. us. Because the guard did manage to call for backup before right. they knocked him out. So she runs out the front door, doesn't really run, kind of walks, takes her time with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then gets into the station wagon that MacGyver pulled up in. No, MacGyver climbed over the wall. Oh, he climbed over the fence, so she just took a different car. Uh, The station wagon was just now being parked by the valet. Right. And she she just just gets in and leaves. She just gets in and leaves, yeah. Because she can't wait two seconds for her own Porsche, which is actually her car. Yeah. I mean, we're led to believe later that it's actually her vehicle. Exactly. And and really, no one's looking for her yet. I mean, the guard that that can identify them has been knocked out. Yeah. Unless she's just worried that they're going to lock down the consulate. I think she's just trying to get out out of there before MacGyver has a chance to tail her. Yeah, but, but then he gets out and just takes her car because yeah. he just pretends, oh, we made an even trade. So yeah, so exactly. So why couldn't she have just gotten into her car if yeah. it was so easy for MacGyver to just get in the car and drive? Yeah, because what would Mac- MacGyver otherwise would have been forced to steal a car exactly. instead of just bringing someone their own car. Right. And so he drives it straight to Danny's office where mm-hmm. she already is. Right. And and so she's looking down and she hears like the engine noise of her car, presumably recognizing it. Yeah. Um, and she comes to the window and sees him parking it outside, and immediately calls the police. Yeah. Maybe she was counting on him doing that. That's why she left the car. I see. It, it seems like way too far planning ahead. That's like yeah. That's like Silva planning ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a Skyfall reference for anyone who yeah. who doesn't know how far a villain can plan ahead. 
the rules have changed <laughs> drastically. Uh, so he finds her in the office waiting for him, and, and he assumes that she's another insurance adjuster. Yeah. And, and she kind of goes with it. She doesn't deny it. Yeah. And, uh, and so MacGyver you know, starts using Danny's computer to, to retrieve the data. And this is where we get your verb. Yeah, she says, uh, oh, I thought I thought you modemed that from the, uh, what is the <laughs> building that they were at? The consulate. The consulate. I thought you modemed that from the consulate. Modemed. Which is, um, they're trying to sound high-tech and then in retrospect. Would you spell that silly. ED or just apostrophe I think D? it was an apostrophe in the Netflix subtitles. Okay. And I don't know if maybe at the time that was actually the vernacular, mm. but it just seems like just trying to make up a phrase for it. Yeah. something via the internet well and, and i was actually surprised that they used the word hack and i was kind of curious to as to when hacking a computer became the term for breaking into a computer it's also interesting how quickly hack became misused for yeah. just knowing the password to something exactly because that's not hacking uh hacking is when you use a computer program to circumvent the password entry mm. like when uh i was a child and i used to break into like, you would go into the Best Buy computers, and it would say, like, what's the password? And then you would, like, close the thing asking you for the password, and sometimes you could activate DOS without it. And yeah, And yeah. you can just get into the operating system without having to enter a password. The, still not hacking. Yeah, but exactly. But closer than just knowing the password to something. I, I found the workaround when we, when we, uh, did, you didn't, you never worked at the subway at Big Pet. Oh, no, subway. I didn't. Um, because it all just ran on Windows 95. Yeah. And, and this was like in late 2000s. Sure, yeah, <laughs> This yeah. computer was still running Windows 95. Um, but I installed like Duke Nukem 1 and 2 on it. Nice, that's awesome. <laughs> um, uh, we did days. that on uh, the AutoCAD, the AutoCAD class at, at uh, Cam High. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even in the class, but I didn't have a class that period. So usually mm. I would just hang out with uh, Jeff and John and them and play uh grand theft auto on the computers oh, in the like, AutoCAD. The, the, like yeah. the, the top down view one yeah but it was like um it was the it was a dos version of it but that you could play multiplayer like multiplayer actually worked oh, wow. for the original one so we would all be playing on the same city map and it was awesome it was so interesting much fun. yeah i've never it's, instead of uh doing any autocad type stuff yeah exactly don't don't do that uh so he macgyver gets the information but it's encrypted yeah. And so they needed to start breaking it down and, you know, I guess the cracking the code. And, and then she sort of bluffs, oh, well, I have a, a an unencryptor in my car, yeah. basically. I have a floppy disk that will decode all of this for us. And then he's like, all right, well, go get it. It's in your car. <laughs> well, go get it. <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm pretty sure you have my key. At which point, it's also a almost convertible. anyone. Yeah, it's a convertible, first of all. But second of all, anyone would have assumed that she was asking for the key there. Yeah. Not like, you go get it because you happen to be holding yeah. my key right you now. Can't, you can't take the two seconds to hand me the key. Yeah. And so he basically volunteers to go out and get it, and he gets two steps out the front door before he's totally surrounded by police already. Right. And and the police just grab him, throw him to the hood, and say that you're under arrest for, for Grand Theft Auto, Purely based on a phone call description. Unintended callback. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. This is, I mean, they, they would question him. They would ask for his identification. They would say, like, you know, we have to take you in because there's been, like, a report. They wouldn't just grab him. Yeah. Um, because he's not doing anything suspicious. Yeah. He didn't run. And they throw him against the car, and then they tell him someone described him to a T. Yeah. 
and that the owner reported the car stolen. And then he's like, the owner? Which implies that when she called the police, she reported the car stolen, which means it's actually hers, and she's yeah. willing to just leave it at the scene right. for the sake of getting away with this information before MacGyver left, which is weird. Yeah, and, and if it was stolen, why was it out in front of her place? Like, how would she know where it was if it was stolen? Yeah. But Someone stole my car, and they parked it right outside my building. <laughs> just so you know. Um, and we get this kind of really dramatic conclusion, like, MacGyver's going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to him at the houseboat already out yeah, of jail. Yeah, it's like he's – and he's already and he's already decrypted the program. Yeah. Like, he, he has – however much time has passed, clearly he, he did not spend long in jail. Yeah, he just called up Ugly Duckling and got things yep. straightened out. Uh, so Nikki somehow, again, also finds his apartment. Um, I, I'm assuming Danny had his address uh, somewhere written down. Yeah. And she tries to come to apologize, but MacGyver's like, no, you came here because you couldn't break the code, and you know that I could, and that you want the information. Yeah. And this is where she reveals that she's Danny's sister. Right. Not I co-worker. Don't, I don't know if I even believe this part of the story. I don't know if I do either, and even if that is supposed to be the truth, it seems like it was like retconned on. Like yeah. it wasn't actually a part of the original plan. If only because the two characters have different last names, which they explain here by saying, oh, well, you're the sister that was that grew up with his father, mm-hmm. oh, and you were married and then divorced, and so yeah. that's why you have a different last name, but I can still consider you a romantic interest because you're right. divorced now. But it's like, uh, these two people don't seem anything like each other. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that that whole thing got added on. They were like, well, what is her connection to him? Like, they can't... Mm-hmm. Like, is it is he her ex? And then he got killed by spies? No, we've done that before. Let's yeah. Let's have it be her brother. Oh, well, we did that with, uh, with Deathlock. And eh, whatever, <laughs> just do it again. Just do it again. And, and they hint at her having some kind of CAA or special ops training right yeah like because she said that she's she's had experience this kind of training before but all that macgyver knows from danny is that she worked for the state department or yeah yeah. um but they both want to get amir and they both want to get use the diamonds as a way to do it right so they decide to team up and so we kind of go there from there to the phoenix foundation we're in pete's office yeah and he's explaining uh, diplomatic immunity. You know, basically that... Because MacGyver is a child. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't go to elementary school to learn how diplomatic immunity works. Um, basically that he, they can't do anything because he can't be helped subject to our laws. And it would be up to his country of origin... Whether they wanted to prosecute. Yeah. Or to relinquish him to our country. Right. Like, they say, oh, he, you committed this, he committed this crime. Here's the evidence against him. We'll let you have them. Or which, we'll take care of them. Yeah. Um, which has happened. Like, there has been precedent in, in, in where people, ambassador or whatever, immunity people were turned over. Right. But mostly it's not. And But mostly these people don't do too much, too crazy things. I mean, in recent days it seems like there's been, like, like a – where I work in Beverly Hills, like, there's, like, these guys who are, like, race street racing yeah. in the middle of the day. And they keep getting stopped, but nothing can you be can't done. You can't do anything because it's diplomatic. Exactly. Yeah. But they're in danger. They're, like, driving, like, Ferraris and stuff at 115 miles an hour down these really urban streets. Really thin city streets, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, there was great news footage about one because, like, the engine blew up in one. That's crazy. And it's like he managed to get it back to his driveway, but it's like black smoke billowing. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, well, that's what you get for well, being Well, I a also jerk. know that, and I, I think they covered it on an episode of The West Wing where uh, someone with diplomatic immunity got, like, a DUI or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's just like, well, yeah, he, he got a DUI. Yeah. That's how it goes. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, he doesn't have to pay for it, he doesn't have to go to court. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy, a crazy thing. But if uh, you can ever become a diplomat, uh, yeah, I recommend it because you know free DUIs. But 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 be a diplomat here in the United States, right? Yeah, I don't, don't know do how. It somewhere di- else. Yeah, I don't know how being a diplomat. They can punish you without you committing a crime in other countries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what Argo was about. <laughs> like they all had diplomatic immunity. Yeah. Um, Still haven't seen that. Oh. I need to. It's Spoiler good. alert. Um, <laughs> the spoiler is that you need to see it. That I need to see it. Now I know it's not terrible. Thanks. Oh, uh, eh. best picture Oscar wasn't enough. It won best picture, right? Oh, uh, but yes, it did. Because he didn't even get a director nomination, but Correct. he won best picture, and that Correct. was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so their plan is to. By the way, if any of our listeners have the ability to vote, <laughs> please put in a good word for uh, our George Miller. Yeah. He needs yes. he needs the director Oscar this year. I think he's earned it, and uh, you know he doesn't have too many more outings in him. He's what seventy six, something like that. This guy directed a heck of a film in uh, Fury Road, and he needs a he needs a statue. Yeah. Same with Neeson's. Neeson's needs a statue. <laughs> Leave Neeson's. <laughs> Neeson's ain't got no statue. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. All right. <laughs> Anyway, back to yeah, back to the show that we're talking about. Um, uh, so the plan is to have him get caught red-handed with the diamonds, right? And get caught in front of his boss. Yeah, because even getting caught red-handed isn't enough. Yeah, like Dana makes a point that you could be he could be murdering a nun in broad daylight in mm-hmm. Central Park, and there's nothing they can do about it because in his home country of Ganubia, it's all, you're allowed to murder nuns in Central yeah, Park. Yeah. In Central Park, USA. Yeah, but only there. It's a very specific <laughs> yeah. law. Just got um, written earlier that day. Um, so they figure have to figure out they have to get close to him, and they have to get him to commit another robbery. Right. Um, and he likes three things: women, squash, and diamonds. Right. I'm not a fan of squash myself. I don't like those. You're not a gourd man. Yeah, <laughs> gourd man. <laughs> uh. So, uh, they know that he carries, uh, I, I can't remember how they figured out that he has like a safe deposit box and a key that he wears on him all the time. Right. Um, but they know that. The kind of thing that you put on your like online dating profile in case yeah. spies want to defraud you. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so he, they know he has a key and, uh, that he only takes it off when he goes to the racket club. Again, if it seems like that's like a thing that you're going to keep safe, I just wouldn't take it to the racket club with yeah. me. Um, and so their plan is to try to make a mold of the key and, uh, uh, but first they need to get him to do all this other stuff. So Nikki is going to pose as a world famous and probably recognizable to a diamond expert. Right. Uh, Nicole Demillier, uh, and, and then, MacGyver will be posing as her equally famous and potentially more recognizable yeah. squash star brother. Exactly. 
um, who, like, this guy is a big fan of diamonds and squash. There's no way he doesn't know what this woman and her brother look like. Yeah, it's it's really strange. And he even, but... like, quotes stuff about her brother to her, like he knows exactly who it is. Yeah. Uh, I believe his name is Claude. Yeah. Claude Demillier. And then they go to this club together, and it's like, mm-hmm. people should know that you're not Claude Demillier if you're, like, signing in as yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. At the, at, uh, yeah. But, um, cause, this is a racquetball club. Like, yeah. Like, or a squash club. Like, the diamond exchange, obviously, is fake. They've, right, they've yeah, got yeah. that. They've got that set up. But, but the clubhouse, there's no reason that everyone should be pretending that MacGyver is who he says he is, because they all know the guy who he says he is. Right. And he lives in the same city. Uh, but that didn't happen. It yeah. all went according Somehow to plan. Somehow nobody called him out. Uh, what if Claude was the guy that was like singing in the shower the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't know. They haven't seen him in days because he's been in there. That guy's good at squash. Um, so the first part of the plan is to uh, use Nikki as bait because she's a woman and he one of his three things. Yeah. And uh, and they don't have any diamonds or squash. Yeah. It's not squash season. <laughs> It is. It's uh, you know, it's October when this episode aired. Right, that's true. Um. Uh. So Nikki like bribes a meter D to like force Amir to move his table. Right. Because this is her regular table. Yeah. Um. And while Amir's impatiently waiting for his table, she says, "Oh, this is silly. Why don't you just sit and join me?" Um. She introduces herself as Demilier, which he immediately recognizes the name, yeah. and. Uh, He's like, oh, the Diamond family, yes. No, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows you. Um, you look like you've had some work done because you don't look as yeah. you used to. Um, and she tells him that they're selling some of the, 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 the family diamonds. They had seven, seven famous diamonds. Yeah, the sisters. And uh, that they're selling one of them. And so as a kind of a first date. He's like, why are you selling them? And she's like, oh, the same reason as always, money. money. And it's like. Why does anyone sell anything? Yeah. Because they need money. It's not because they suddenly hate one diamond. Yeah. It's like, why are you stealing the diamonds? Yeah. Um, So as their first date, they're going to do a double double of going to the diamond exchange and then going to the racket club. Yeah. Because he's going to convince her that They knew that he was going to pitch that whole, I'm going to stay with you for the rest of the day. That's not awkward. Yeah. Um, So at the Blaine Diamond Exchange, which is fake... Right. Orchestrated by the Phoenix Foundation, and Pete is playing Mr. Blaine. Yes. Um, no first name, just Mr. Just Blaine. Wants to be in, in on it. Yeah, because he loves the Boston Bang. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Boston Bang, this Pat. Is, this is more of a Sacramento switch, I would say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's no way this whole diamond store fits in a, in a paper bag. <laughs> uh, so they go into this vault at Blaine Diamonds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so normally people aren't allowed in the vault, and Pete's describing, as Mr. Blaine, describing all the security. They have, like, a card reader, uh, an airlock antechamber, like, that once you go in, it, it locks you in before you can open the vault. Right. And uh, Same thing you need to go into space. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but they allow, uh, as Mr. Melier, to come and examine the diamonds that are... Ordinarily, you wouldn't be allowed yeah. to look at other diamonds, but because it's her. Yeah. And Amir is just, like, having, like, this drool, like, obsessive face about all the diamonds that are yeah. in this room. He's giving his O face yeah. <laughs> when they pull this diamond drawer out. Um, and uh, 
so he is now enticed to know that the diamonds are there. Right. Um, and so the next part is the squash match. Now, presumably, all the diamonds in this whole Blaine diamond exchange thing are fake. I would say that because they have Pete to be says real. That Pete said earlier, oh, where are we going to get diamonds to lure this guy out? I got one, like, $600 diamond. Yeah. Like, that's all we have. Like, the Phoenix Foundation doesn't have a bunch of diamonds on hand. Cut to Phoenix Foundation has a bunch of diamonds yeah. on hand. I mean, they would have to be real because he's going to be able to spot fake diamonds, right? Yeah. Or they just borrowed office space into, like, a real diamond exchange yeah. for the purposes of this sting. Pete's but, got a good friend then. Yeah. Um, he's got a friend in the diamond business. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's only going to play locally. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a local joke. So <laughs> the SoCal people are cracking up right now, which is my parents. Thanks for finally <laughs> listening. <laughs> or maybe my wife actually downloaded one. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow it was this one. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're beating the joke to death. <laughs> anyway, you've got a friend in the diamond business. Yeah. Uh, we'll post a link to his website. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can all enjoy that yeah. in the show notes. So the next part is uh, getting a mold of the key at the club. Right. So MacGyver as Claude is going to distract Amir in the match. So he'll, he'll have him distracted, and it's up to Nikki to get the mold of the key. Keeping in mind, Amir is an actual squash player who mm-hmm. like takes it very seriously. Right. MacGyver's never touched the sport before and beats him handily in yeah. the first game. <laughs> um. Uh, and also, Nikki didn't bring anything to make, make a, a mold, mold with. Of the key. Yeah. Even though that was the whole point of coming mm-hmm. here. Uh, so she is forced to uh, sneak into the men's locker room. Right. Where there is an, a man loudly singing. Right. And uh, and usually in in MacGyver in the past we've we've had singing like this, but it's usually well it's usually whistling. Mm-hmm. Or it's someone, like, mumbling, like, kind of humming the tune of something. Right. But this is a rare instance of someone actually singing lyrics, which is, the song is, I Dream of Jeannie with the Light Brown Hair, which yeah. is apparently, after I looked it up from the lyrics, is like a parlor song from the 1850s, which yeah. is why they wouldn't have needed any kind of rights to the song. Exactly. But it's obviously the inspiration for the show, I Dream of Jeannie, mm-hmm. and, and many other parodies that we found yeah. on the Wikipedia page. Um, so while she does, she's able to break into the locker and get the key, um, right. she doesn't have anything to make a mold. So she goes up to the guy who's singing, who's can't see because he's lathering up his hair and face. Yeah, he's and, got soap in his eyes. And, um, and he asks, hey, can I borrow the soap? And the guy's, oh, sure. Not even acknowledging that it's a it's woman's, a woman's voice. Yeah. And or, I, I kept waiting for it to happen, that it was going to be like one of those delayed reaction things. But I actually mm-hmm. really like that he never catches on mm-hmm. that it was a woman that asked, or he just doesn't, he's so involved in the song or yeah. he thinks so little of women was another <laughs> suspicion that i had that it was just like oh it's not even a real person i don't care yeah um it's funny my notes about squash this is that mac beats a mirror and put in parentheses at his own game <laughs> <laughs> essentially that's what happens um so they that's pretty much the last scene that we have there because it we go back now to mac's place where mac's already poured the metal and made the key. Yeah. He's just kind of like fine-tuning it, like breaking off the, the – filing down the pieces. And so the next phase is to get back into the consulate, again, as Nikki pretending to be Demillier going on a date uh, to see Amir. Right. Oh, oh well, you know what we haven't mentioned? Um, the guy ha- at the – The restaurant, yeah. At the restaurant, we, we do have one quick shot of 
a, a larger gentleman mm-hmm. just scarfing down a sandwich, but clearly just watching them interact yeah. with each other. And then we see him again at the diamond exchange. Right. Also eating. <laughs> right. And in neither situation does he even need to be there. Yeah. Except to throw us off the scent of right. him having been hired by MacGyver and Nikki. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for him to have been at the restaurant or for him to have been. Unless they just really wanted, in case Amir noticed him, Yeah, for him to be like, oh, you know what? I did see you at the restaurant. Well, I, no, like, I, try I, and be as conspicuous as no, possible. No, I, I well, man, he wasn't being. You could have easily not noticed him is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but it seems like the whole point of having him there was so that someone would notice him. Right. Um, so now... And uh, Nikki arrives in a Rolls Royce. Pete really actually went all out for this because yeah. they had to. There's a lot of financing going on. Or maybe this on. is just another one of her cars. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Have, but she seems to be rolling in it. Um, and so uh, she pulls up in the Rolls Royce, and while the valet parks it, MacGyver sneaks out of the trunk and then infiltrates the consulate a second time. Right. Now, um, and so does, he has the key, and she's just getting a tour of the place. Correct. And uh, this is also where we meet, actually finally meet the ambassador, uh, Ambassador Volney, uh, who just has like a casual like meet and greet. It doesn't really like the parties or anything like that that are happening. But yeah. Um, and uh, MacGyver is pretending to be part of like the delivery crew as he usually does. Just grabs a box and goes with it. Yeah. And uh, now MacGyver sneaks up in the dumbwaiter to right. go upstairs while Nikki is getting a tour of the facility. Which had to be the first thing that they that the location manager found when he was right. Like, all right, we need a dumbwaiter big enough to fit Richard Dean Anderson in it, and then we'll work from there. Mm-hmm. Here's a nice house with one. Okay, that's Perfect. where we're filming. Um, and uh, so while Nikki is getting a tour, she confesses to Amir and says, oh, I'm so glad that you've been having your private security follow me around all day. Yeah, and, and then points to him out the window. Yeah. And so now Amir is kind of like, uh, yes, of course, uh, one second. <laughs> and so he looks up at the monitor on the in the – in the gallery because they're yeah. in our gallery. And while he's looking at the screen, Nikki steals one of the paintings off the wall yeah. and slips it into her large purse. Yeah. So blatantly too. Mm-hmm. She just like grabs a giant Degas off the wall mm-hmm. and throws it in her purse and, and leaves it. in her purse. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Amir like has his private security go out and grab the guy in the car, the, the heavy set man. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, MacGyver has now exited the dumbwaiter and is making his way to the secure room. And he's got the key, and the key's a little sticky because it is like a manufactured key. Yeah. But he manages to get in just as a guard is coming out of the bathroom just yeah. down the hall. And now he's face-to-face with the safe, which is only a six-button combination safe. Right. And, and MacGyver seems familiar with it enough to know that each button is only pressed once. Right. Um. But not all buttons, apparently. Right. But it's a lot like the um, the heist situation. Oh, it's very much. Where it's like, you you just needed a key to get into the room, but mm-hmm. then once you were in the room, it's really easy to get into the safe. That's yeah. not the hard part. The hard part was getting into the room. Mm-hmm. I, I feel the heist was a little bit harder, because you had to make the tones. Right. Um, but then... It was even easier when you got into the room with the safe, because yeah. literally the safe just this opens, opens up. up when you walk <laughs> into the room. So the guy is pulling the string. Yeah. Back yeah. Um, so MacGyver makes some uh, dust from uh, a pencil. Like he makes some graphite pencil shavings. Yeah. And blows it onto the safe, which sticks to the oil fing- oily fingerprints, and then reveals at least three buttons that get pushed regularly. Right. Um, and then just runs through the nine 
possible. Yeah. Assuming, well, if no, it's, only six, it's only six. Yeah, three right? times two times one. Yeah, so if you, each one is only pushed once. Uh, and so he quickly gets it and gets the diamonds. And uh, from there, they sneak out. Uh, Nikki gets back to her car and is forced to kiss Samir in order to distract him from MacGyver sneaking back into the trunk. Right. And uh, as they drive off... The second character she's been forced to kiss Yeah. in this episode to protect MacGyver. The, uh, the large man from the car who had been following them is ID'd now as Charles Keach from the wallet that Amir had taken out of him. Right. And he confesses that he's... Out of him. <laughs> out of his jacket. Um... <laughs> I'm sure there's a wallet in here somewhere. <laughs> Stop screaming. Uh, he reveals that he's a private investigator and he's been tracking them. Right. Charles Keach is a great name for this character, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he's saying like that, oh, she's a thief. She'll steal anything. She'll steal diamonds, gold coins, art, and uh, one what, of the guards. What did you guys do today? Yeah. Where did you guys go in this house? And so uh, Amir sends one of his his uh, security to check on the, the gallery, and they immediately find that one of the paintings is missing. Yeah. And so now Amir realizes that he's been swindled and that uh, Nikki is not Nikki Demillier, but just another Nikki, conveniently. Right. Um, also, it's important to note that... At no point have we said Nikki Carpenter yet. Exactly. Like this, we've never revealed her real name Outside of her alias. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that we know that she's Dickie Carpenter from the credits and from the subsequent episodes that right. she'll be that she'll be in. But that never happens. There's never an introduction. And that's really strange. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel a little strange. Yeah. Uh, back at Max's place now. Now, this uh, is the second time that someone has inexplicably found his houseboat. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time she tries to explain it away, like, oh, the police told me where you live. And it's yeah. like, really? The police just gave you the address of the car thief? Like, mm-hmm. that seems really unethical. But sure, I guess that's what happened. Hey, public information. I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I just wanted to thank him for stealing my car. Oh, well, here's where he lives. Uh, Nikki and my, uh, Nikki and Mac now are dressed in, like, kind of like... Burglary outfits? Yeah, cat burglar. Because the next part of the plan is to make Amir think that not only have they swindled him, but now that they're planning to to rob the diamond exchange. Uh, they've stolen his diamonds. Now they're going to steal some more. Right. And uh, so that's when Amir comes in with his main henchman uh, and finds them ready to, to rob the Blaine diamond exchange. And... The reason that they're there is because Nikki stole the painting, and which is part of the plan to make yeah. it seem like Nikki couldn't help herself. And now that Amir has them, uh, he's going to kill them. Yeah. But MacGyver convinces him that, oh no, you're gonna, you know, the guard schedule. Do you know how to pick the lock? Which MacGyver is some sophisticated lock. <laughs> he knows the yeah. exact name of, but then they don't end up picking yeah. the lock anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. So, uh, Amir is really, really willing to just partner up with them. Yeah. Uh, so that's what they do. And they drive straight to the diamond exchange and there's, but I just love that. He's like, he's like, where's the, where's the painting? And mm-hmm. she's like, uh, it's in my purse. And her mm-hmm. purse is still sitting on the table with the dick yeah. sitting in it. 
Um, like, what if MacGyver spilled a drink on this painting? It's like a million-dollar painting. Or she, or she puts her lipstick or something yeah, back in exactly. there wasn't paying attention. Oh, my chocolate bar melted all <laughs> over this thing. Oh, crap. Uh, well, I'm sure it can only help the value. Yeah, exactly. Um, we get a kind of a repeat of uh, Phoenix Under Siege in this parking garage scene. Right, yeah. Um, where Nikki pretends to be injured... To get the attention of the guard. Yeah, and when the guard comes out, she just shoots him. Yeah. Um, much like uh, Susan Murphy gets shot. Right, yeah. And even Amir seems kind of like, what? Yeah. Like, did she just kill that guy? Because, like, I'm sure, like, he wouldn't... It doesn't matter for him, really, but yeah. I'm sure he doesn't want the attention. He should have uh, been like, whoa, whoa, I should have done that. Yeah. I have immunity. <laughs> they can't prosecute me. Um so uh, now they make their way up to the actual uh, exchange, and MacGyver's, I guess, pretending to pick all these locks because they're probably already unlocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, like, yeah, he has, like, a fake thing to stick into the card reader to, to make the numbers appear. Ordinarily, if these were actually locked, he'd be using a Swiss Army knife and just jamming yeah, it into each just jamming in there. Um, but then to get to the vault door, they just, they just friggin' use a, an acetylene torch and, just, and yeah, cut their way. Cut open the side. Once they get into the vault, Amir double crosses them. Right. As I guess they assumed he would. Um, they still act like it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. And I also like that Amir didn't bother to offer to change his clothes into more cat burglary attire. Yeah. Because he's just wearing the same suit that he was wearing this well, whole time. Well, he didn't have time to change. Um, and so Amir takes all the diamonds in the... Uh, the briefcase that they had intended to use, which is good that he yeah, didn't choose to. Yeah, it's a good thing to... that he wanted to use that briefcase and not just his pockets yeah. or anything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so before, but before he leaves, he knocks uh, the valve off of one of the gas tanks and locks him in. Right. Uh, so the room is filling up with acetylene. Yeah, I, I guess. guess. Um, which is presumably very explosive. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. Uh, but MacGyver handles this plan really quick. They do the old, uh, just put a piece of fabric. Cover your mouth, this won't do anything. But, but you know, just do it. Yeah. Which and, we saw in Phoenix Under Siege and the pilot episode. Yeah. I don't get the mentality. Yeah. Um, but he's qu- very quickly able to, I guess, um, cannibalize the valve from the other tank. Yeah. And somehow puts it on in there and shuts the gas off. Yeah. Um. So from there, as they, they run back down, because uh, Amir has already gotten into his van and heading back to the consulate, because it's at least, uh, you know, sovereign soil. Like, it's foreign soil. Yeah. So, like, better to be there if in case I get caught with these diamonds. But he doesn't realize that the diamonds that he's stolen are the own, his own diamonds that MacGyver stole right. from the vault. And not the diamonds that were in there earlier that day, which, who knows where they went. Exactly. Um, so... Uh, Amir makes it back to the consulate, and as MacGyver and Nikki head out, uh, Charles Keach pulls up. Right. And this is our first time that we've gotten an inkling that Charles Keach is with them. Yeah. Um, so, and it's not its not even a big reveal. Like, it should have been a reveal. Like, he should have pulled up in the car and gone, hop in. Like, let's, let's get yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like, he's just it's driving. It's just like he's stumbling along with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man, I love working with you guys. Yeah, he even says that. Uh, it's a line from the show. Yeah. <laughs> From the show MacGyver, the episode we're discussing. 
<laughs> so um, they arrive at the consulate. Amir's getting out of the car with a briefcase. And Pete and the ambassador are already waiting outside. And Pete's like basically accusing Amir of being not only a thief, but a murderer. And Which seems unfounded at this point. I don't remember the implication of murder. Uh, well, Danny's murder, but he didn't commit it. Yeah, he's he wasn't the one driving the car. He's just conspiracy to commit murder. Okay, that's what I would say. But yeah. but Pete calls it murder. Yeah, that that bothered me too. The the line earlier at, when they're at the funeral, MacGyver says, "Pete, the police are calling it a hit and run, but the car didn't even have plates." And it's like, I wanted yeah. Pete to just say, "Well, MacGyver, when you hit someone and you don't stop and you they, they die, yeah. that's called a hit and run." It is a hit and run. Um, but, uh, so, but the ambassador realizes like, you know, you can't search him because he's got immunity. Um, but it makes the whole, it makes that whole encounter seem so weird that it's like, I am accusing you of something. Right. Oh, well, we can't do anything about it. Oh, well then why, why did you agree to stand out here and wait with me until he got yeah, back? Yeah. <laughs> like if we, if we both knew that, cause we're both adults. Yeah. And we're both well-versed in international law. Yeah. Um, but MacGyver had placed a some kind of trigger inside the case yeah, that, that once he's he, able to transmit to, and uh, that just pops the case open, and all of some diamonds just go tumbling all over the place. Yeah, he just dumps them all over the sidewalk. <laughs> um, and uh, so now the ambassador is convinced. Okay, you're right. He did steal these diamonds, and so uh, you know. But Samir's like, you can't touch me. I've got immunity. But then. The ambassador's guards grab him yeah. and start dragging him into the house. But so Amir is like, wait, no, I want American justice. Yeah, he doesn't, want... he doesn't want to be tried in Ganubia. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a very quick trial. Yeah. Um, and like as, he, as he's like, I demand American justice. Yeah. Um, and that's the last we see of him. Um, that's the last anybody sees of him, really. Yeah. And um, Pete just kind of gives a nod to... MacGyver and everyone uh, hiding out in the bushes. Job well done. Yeah. Illegal aliens on this foreign soil. Yeah. Now, someone better find all these diamonds because yeah. they still belong to that first place that got robbed. I mean, robbed. if he'd have dumped them all over the ground and been like, oh, excuse me, I dropped some of my own personal diamonds. And yeah. And he started picking them up, nobody could accuse him of anything and yep. he wouldn't get arrested. Exactly. These are my diamonds. These are diamond. my diamonds. They were in my safe earlier today. <laughs> in fact... You should be arresting these people. Yeah, they, they stole it from me. Not only have they uh, uh, crossed foreign soil illegally. Does he even take the Dagat back, or does he just leave it at MacGyver's um, house? I think he, I think they take it back okay. when they open up in the purse. But that's the end of the episode. I mean, that this is like uh, one of the rare yeah, there's occasions. there's no like Act 5. Well, this is the Act 5. I guess, yeah. Yeah, th- this is Act 5. But we, the story didn't end until the Act 5. Right, but this, yeah. there was a commercial break. Before this, and yeah. we actually had a real Act Five, not a let's sum Let up everything. On, like, let's have another scene in Pete's office or at the houseboat where yeah. we sort of cover the facts in case anyone missed what happened. There. Uh, and then make a quick joke, and then freeze frame. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, this ends on that victorious moment. Yeah. I like this episode. Yeah, it's a fun episode. Yeah. I think uh, technically all the steps of it make sense, with the exception of. Pete having blatantly said, we don't have access to a bunch of random right. diamonds, and then suddenly having a bunch of diamonds for props for this plan. I mean, unless they were fake, but I would think that they wouldn't be, want to risk that with yeah. Amir being a diamond expert. And maybe they just didn't let him get close enough to determine that That's true. Fake. But other than that, the, the, the plot 
pretty much holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a fun diamond heist thing. I like, and I like that they don't tell us the plan. Like they, we know that they have I mean, a plan. We know parts of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's coming along. So we didn't know that the thing was in the briefcase. We didn't know that this guy was working with them. Until exactly. The end. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes it a lot more fun for us when there's little surprises. Yeah. But again, it doesn't seem like that guy actually had to be tailing them the whole day. Yeah. Because Amir doesn't even know that the guy's there until she points him out the mm-hmm. window. Like, maybe they were hoping he would notice before that, and they got yeah. impatient, and they were like, okay. this guy's following me. Did you get, Did you notice this guy's following mm-hmm. me? I assume you guys paid him. Because he's following us. He's following me. Me and my famous brother, who you should recognize. <laughs> the the, the world-famous squash player. Yes. It's like Bruce Wayne at the end of Dark Knight Rises. Well, I love diamonds and squash. Why would I know what you two look like? <laughs> Yeah, we keep bringing this back to Dark Knight Rises. There's so many MacGyver reviews that end with. Anyway, Dark Knight Rises was terrible. <laughs> I'll never stop saying that. Oh, man. I'll work it into every subsequent episode if I have to. I think it's the Dark Knight's fault that the Dark Knight Rises is just so terrible. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you accidentally made a really great movie in the middle of your boring trilogy. <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> Now the now Batman Begins looks boring and, Batman, and Dark Knight Rises looks terrible. Yeah. Oh, you should have just made three boring movies and no one would have criticized you. That's right. You no. wouldn't get nearly the crap he gets. Yeah. If Dark Knight Rises, if Dark Knight was terrible. Yeah, exactly. Or just at least mediocre. Yeah. Instead of freaking awesome. He had to go and get Heath Ledger performance of a lifetime. Oh well. Better luck next time. Yeah. Mr. Nolan. I'm sure. I'm sure your next movie will be a success. Yeah. As Interstellar was. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which was amazing. I really liked uh, Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. Um, but yeah, so this is a good episode. I, uh, I recommend. I, I'm not crazy wild about the introduction of Nikki Carpenter, as we will be with her for a while. Yeah, she's going to hang around a lot, but she after this season, she's she's done. So yeah. um, don't worry too much, folks. But, um, but yeah, so she's going to be around for a while, including next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's about it for this yeah. one. Um, if you'd like to add some some comments or your thoughts on this, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast. Or you can find us on our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com, where uh, as of this posting, you'll be able to find our friend in the diamond business. Mm-hmm. Who, Mike Thompson? George Thompson. George Thompson. Is it George? I th- I'm almost positive. It just it just came to me. I think me. you're right. That sounds That sounds familiar. Um, but he's our friend in the Diamond Business. Yeah. I don't know who your friend is. Um, I'm sure different different regional friends um, <laughs> in various Diamond Businesses. But yeah, um, he's ours, George Thompson. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, good old George, close <laughs> friend. And uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 3, Episode 6, GX1. Yep. On a very special day. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. <laughs> the first day of the new year. So we're finally carrying over into 2016, which means we've almost been doing this for a year. Wow. We're a few weeks off of that, Mark, but um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Mm-hmm. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Don't celebrate the year before one of us dies in a tragic car accident. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say who, but it's Richard. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. Uh, thank you for listening. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, have a happy holiday and rest of your year, as you won't be hearing from us until the next one. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye.